0: Hello and thank you for listening to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad that you're here as we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand. I'm your host, Brian Bike Me, Bike Me, Biking. (laughs) Brian, what's my name? What is your name? You go on vacation and you can't even tell your name. I'm your host, Brian Bikey. I don't remember how to do this anymore. We're here with both Kenny and Ryan. How's it going, guys? Will the real Brian Bikey please stand up? Well, you wouldn't be able to tell if I'm standing up because my computer's broken. Oh, that's true. That's true. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Hello, friends. This is, it's a different feeling. I'm not usually the one who is gone on a trip, but I was recently gone on a trip. Kenny's recently back from a trip. Ryan's resting from the festival, which we'll get to in a little bit, but he's getting ready to go on a trip, celebrating. Birthday, Vice 40th,
1: and R&D, going to Napa to, you know, to see all these- See all these wineries, hospitality. Figure out hospitality, so we can see what they do well and bring those ideas back to Text our. Right off, well, probably to our. De- well, I got to pay my taxes first, and then um, I'm kidding. But uh, anyways, get some info, see what they're doing right out wine country. Maybe bring some ideas back for the downtown location and our location at the warehouse. So you know any wineries out there doing Ambarana finish? <sighs> no, they're they're classy out
2: there. So you didn't know miss. how to respond to that one, did you, Brian? I, d- I,
0: I <laughs> just—you nope. just froze up. No, I was—I was hoping there'd be some laughing or something. Normally, <laughs> I usually—I usually buffer in at least like five seconds of laughing before I come in with something, but not tonight. We're a little I'm bit more serious it. tonight. Mm. amberana is fine if you like it. It's fine. you found a
1: bottle that you didn't think that was the worst. Yeah, I didn't hate it. It was the barrel one, which because I think it's ninety percent bourbon, ten percent Ambarana. I think that's the way to do it. It's because uh, the Ambron is so powerful, I think. I mean, and th- that's just me. I- I'm just a classic Kentucky bourbon, like Tennessee bourbon, New York bourbon fan. And, you know, I-, I don't need all those cinnamon extracts and whatnot, but it's okay. It's okay if you like it. It's, it's just not for me. But I thought Barrel did a great job of balancing the two
0: different flavor profiles. It's the best one I've had, so I'll say that. I forget where I saw it, but I saw someone post a picture of you, I think, from the festival. And it was my favorite thing because it said, but the most unique part about it is our New York component. <laughs> and He was oh, yeah the part of the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the, taking it from the. It's probably Steve,
2: yeah. The fair video or whatever. Oh my gosh, it was funny. Kenny, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm drinking bourbon. I'm trying to get myself back in the groove over here. It's still bourbon heritage month you know so Yeah. can't
0: let it stop got five days we're at the end of bourbon heritage month and then after that comes i mean that's essentially just btac and pappy season
2: so now then it just becomes post bourbon heritage month and we still celebrate <laughs> <laughs> that's right i like the sound of that yeah and it's Sazerac month the chase begins
1: that's right and now they're bringing out like prohibition releases and whatnot.
0: So any anyway, new world out there. Hard to, tell it to follow. It is. Well, coming off of that, I'm curious to, we did this kind of episode last year around this time. What I want to do is i want to get a recap from Kentucky bourbon festival. And I think we'll dabble a little bit into the bourbon and beyond festival as well. Cause Kenny uh, did some stuff there, but there's stuff I, since I was out of town, there's stuff that you all were doing that I wasn't even aware of. And, and I, I'd be curious just to hear about this, uh, how it went for you all if there's any new takeaways for you all. And then also, you know, later in the episode, I'd be curious to hear if you all saw stuff that other booths were doing that just kind of like, hey, you know, that's interesting they're doing this or, you know, interesting that I didn't pay attention to to this particular brand in the market or how they're doing X, Y, Z or something. So yeah, let's, let's bring it back and let's just uh, open it back up. Uh, again, at the time of this recording, been a couple of weeks since uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival in Bardstown, Kentucky. Why don't you guys take it from there and talk about the show a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can jump in real quick. At least one the the last thing you said right there is like, what did we take away from everybody else's booths? Unfortunately, we were too damn busy and didn't really have time to even walk around. I wish I would have taken 30 minutes or 45 minutes just to kind of walk around, talk to some other folks and everything like that, and just really didn't get a chance to. And I guess that is a good thing because we were basically slammed from 1230 to 530 every single day. And... Thankfully, we had our ambassadors there to help staff it and everything like that. Because I remember last year it was me, Ryan, and probably I think one other person that was there. And it yeah. was just too much. We had like triple the staff and we were still busy. And it was still too much. I know. Which is great. But I mean, I guess that just means people are, are finding us. And I think it's one of the things that I love about this festival. And I wish more people would probably, probably venture this way. And I think it's moving that way is that they come in and they're not running towards... Wild Turkey or Four Roses or Heaven Hill or whatever it is. Now don't be wrong, there was a line out the door for a lot of those places, but most of them were selling uh, very highly limited releases. And so it's like, well, where else are you gonna get a thirteen or fifteen year bourbon from anywhere else at the festival, except from them? But as soon as, you know, you hear like either A, they sold out of bottles or B the line was too long, then a lot of them ventured over to the Craft Expo sort of place. And that's really where you start discovering all the new bourbons that you just haven't seen yet. And for us, I think we were, well, you know, again, tip of the hat to the Kentucky Bourbon Festival for giving us a very optimal position when it came to basically having a a spot that was right there on the end of the out. So we had our our big banner up for our bourbon on the backside and so people could see that. So we had a little bit extra advertising going on just for our booth uh, because of just the location. So that was great to have. But I feel like we had a lot of good things going on. I mean, we had, we had great whiskey. We had the rye Rita's. We had connect four. I mean, we had a little bit more of an open booth. We're not one of those people that have a table and you have to like stand at the table and go and sample and get your two words in and kind of go around. We had more of that cocktail style table. So that was just an opportunity for people to be more uh, social and and able to kind of talk around everybody as well. And I think the one thing that I also loved about this is that it was a good opportunity to meet a lot more fans. Um, I know last year we met a lot of fans. Even there were more people this year that were fans that were also there last year. But it was, again, another good showing of people that were just supporters of Bourbon Pursuit and even more people that were even more excited because they're like, I've listened to you all for years, but I've never tried your whiskey. And then they tried it and more people became believers. And I think that's just all it's going to take is like, we've, we've got to continually keep pushing it out there and making people understand that, you know, we think we have a good idea. We know what we're doing. And as Ryan always said, we're too insecure to put out really shitty whiskey. A cool
1: litmus test for us this year was we actually got our DSP so we could actually sell bottles, you know, this year versus last. And, and two, we, it was our first year doing a private selection for the festival. And we've kind of, thought through how would we would do a private selection program for since we are a blended bourbon blended whiskey company. And like, what would that look like? So, you know, we got to release our first two private selections to the bourbon festival. A lot of people got to try it. The feedback was incredible. You know, that was reassuring because we were unsure, you know, what would a micro blend rebarreled and whatnot look like Would fans, whiskey fans appreciate that like that. And so I think it was well received, but, yeah i mean it was i'll you know summer's tough being in the bourbon industry because everybody's drinking high noons or drinking tequila and you're you know you're just like you kind of feel like oh my god are we gonna you know it's just kind of like a lull in the season but bourbon fest was kind of the shot in the arm i think i personally needed but i don't know i can't speak for kenny but to me it just kind of reinvigorated me reignited you know the passion for what we're doing that we're on the right path um getting the feedback from folks and people trying, liking, and actually buying the whiskey. You know, this year we brought out a cocktail. Last year was so damn hot that I was like, we got to have something, you know, because not everybody on their whiskey journey, you know, Mike Delore, one of our awesome ambassadors, he's always talking about meeting people where they are in their journey. And that's probably something we've kind of struggled with, with our product is that, you know, we've been very whiskey geek, very like advanced palette focused, you know, this is a product for that. And where we've missed the mark, but showing that our products can be versatile in a cocktail, especially our rye, uh, been playing with it, making cocktails and whatnot. The rye Rita was a huge hit. I mean, especially among females. I mean, gosh, we had, <laughs> they were lined they would, up, they would come try. it, And then some, I think on Sunday or Saturday or sun, Saturday when Kenny wasn't there, like, somebody had posted about it on the Kentucky bourbon festival page or something. They're like, I heard about this rye Rita and they would try the next thing, you know, they're coming back for five more. And so that was encouraging. We, and we actually sold our rye outsold all our products by a long shot. And, you know, I've always thought our rye was, you know, one of our better products, but it, it doesn't, it performs well, like in tastings, but just doesn't do well when it sits on the shelf because people still have this stigma about rye whiskey, but that was encouraging. That we, we sold so many rye bottles. Um, and I think the cocktail really helped uh, showcase how versatile the spirit was. And two people trying it neat. But I, yeah, like Kenny said, I wish we could have learned more from folks. But I visited one booth the entire weekend, and that was Barrel. And I visited when it was closing. I didn't even get to get a slushy. The only thing I got to try was their <clears throat> Amberano finish. But, um, anyways, I love that festival. It, they do such a good job. It's like. The Super Bowl for bourbon. If you haven't been, you got to come. It's truly, you get to try, I don't know, is there maybe 75 to
2: 100 vendors of different whiskeys, you know, and... I'd say um, 70 on the 60 on the low end. Uh, yeah. But definitely 60 to 70.
1: Yeah. And it's, and we're, I think we're kind of at an advantage being in the craft section because... Obviously the the big brands are there, but you know they're not serving like crazy rare stuff. It's mostly their flagship offering. so it's a cr- great area where you can try new, exciting stuff, new things in the market. For us, it's a, a, a really great opportunity that people are into whiskey, looking for something new, something different. Come give us a gives a shot, give us a try, and see what we're all about. So I, I, I couldn't been
2: I was really happy with the the turnout this year. I would say one lesson we did learn. Next year, we need more tote bags because we sold so much (laughs) that we ran out of tote bags. So that was uh, it's on my my purchase list for for soon. Yeah, definitely need more bottle tote bags because
1: not only people are buying ours, but they're buying others and they don't have tote bags. So it's nice that even if people buy other bottles, they put in our tote bag and it has our branding and whatnot. So definitely more tote bags. But it was funny. I did see uh, bullet. You know, last year we were the first one with Connect 4 and then Bullet had the Connect 4 board, you know. And so you can kind of see people copying and whatnot, which is fine. Uh, it's fun, but uh, we'll have to just keep pushing the boundary next year to see what we can do. Offer next year you gotta more. do Human
0: Battleship.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I like that getting a big area for that well like I, I remember last year you all were talking about it being busy a lot of people there I think you all were talking about how you you seem to have a really good reception from some of the other brands that you all saw in the section that that you all were in so again you're saying this year also busy now did you notice it being busy for busyness sake just because there's a lot of people that were at the festival or again like last year did you feel like you you saw a lot of people there that that a crowd around the booth that was you know maybe different than some of the other booths that you saw around you all I would say that it was crowded because of crowded. I mean, they sold out of
2: tickets and I believe what I heard is they sold an extra thousand tickets this year versus they did last year. So there was definitely no shortage of people there, but to just go in with the herd mentality, that's pretty much what happens to it. So it's like, you see a big group form at one booth. You're kind of like, well, I got to see what the heck's going on over there. Uh, thankfully, we kind of had a little bit of that effect. So there was always a group, there's always people waiting, uh, whether they wanted to talk to Ryan and I, or they wanted to try the products, or they had no clue who we are, which is always great too. And being able to take a moment just to kind of just talk to somebody. Uh, it, is, it is interesting to sit there and somebody will come up and they'll be like, hey, can I get your autograph or can I get a picture with you? And then some person who you're talking to, they're like, who are you? So, yeah, you kind of have that, that weird moment where you get to kind of like feel like a little bit of a star for a second. Uh, but then, you know, you get back in line to talk to somebody and just, you know, just talk to them like a normal human being and, and give, them the in, give them the spiel and everything like that too. So, I don't know. Like I said, every one of those things are great, but it's it's truly the people that make it awesome just because you do get to run into folks and people that have listened to the show forever and they just... They kind of, you know, there there are people, and I think that's the that's the part that makes it really special.
1: Yeah, it's okay. funny. I had some friends in the industry, you know, were working other booths, and they're like, "Good lord, y'all are crowded, and y'all are taking selfies and this and that." Like, there was like, they were like, "What the hell's going on over there? What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know." You know, <laughs> but the encouraging thing I, you know, is because there's so much whiskey to try. But the encouraging thing for me is when you see people that went through and then they come back. You know, they get there on Friday or Thursday and then they come back Saturday and Sunday and they, they come back and try it again because they're like, oh, I went and tried everything, but I really liked your all's the best. So I want to come back and try more. So that that was really encouraging um, for us, I believe. And and our our ambassadors that came, I can't thank them enough. They did such a great job, which last year was really tough because we were so busy pouring that we couldn't like connect and talk to fans as much because you're trying to give as many people samples and give the spiel but having the ambassadors there and they do such a good job of representing us and uh, can't thank them enough for all the help because it really allowed Kenny and I to connect with fans and and really give them more of an intimate experience than than we were able to last year
0: I also saw it looked like you guys had a a panel or something that you all were on. What was uh, what was that about?
2: Yeah, shout out to Steve Coombs for inviting us on a a Bourbon Thirty. We were uh, what we you would call our festival headline closers, something like that. So <laughs> that's right, three thirty on a Sunday. Uh, it was just a, a, one of those things that every thirty minutes or sorry, every hour, but on the thirty, he'll bring a few people on stage just to kind of talk about uh, certain subjects and whatnot, and it was, you know, thankfully we know Steve very well. He's, he's a big, you know, friend of the show, been on uh, before, and he's got a a wealth of knowledge when it comes to food and bourbon and everything like that too. So always glad to just foster those relationships, but even better that since we did foster those relationships that we're invited to be on stage. And I think one of the, I mean, I'll, I'll try to not be too boastful, but I will say that we have a very good outgoing personality and we can speak and we're not going to just clam up on stage so i think we're always good people to have there in person just to talk and i mean i'd say we threw a few decent one-liners out there that got the crowd laughing too
1: yeah and two we're you know we're just us and we're too honest and transparent and kind of tell you know, every s- side of the industry and what we're going through as a brand. and You
2: mean like how we <laughs> dogged on big brands about squeezing people like us out of the distributor <laughs> right. level? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, because Steve was asking good questions, you know, he's like, how hard is
1: it to be a small brand in your position and this and that, you know, three-tier system, yada yada. So really, we're like, well, everyone across the way... <laughs> on the not the crap, on that side of the fence that's uh works really hard to squeeze all of us out of here not that they do it intentionally it's just uh but it You're was basically fun. fighting amongst each other is yeah. what it is and we're just casualties exactly that was fun steve's did a great job uh, I, I really just am a big fan of the whole event i can't rave about it enough stacy and randy do such a great job with that and they've really elevated that event and i'm just excited about next year and Thinking through what we're gonna do for next year because it's it's awesome. I
2: love it. I'm always thinking. I'm like, I wish they could do these quarterly. I, I wish they'd do it monthly because we get a boost <laughs> of sales. Like, it's like True. it's like the shot in the arm. It's like instead of
1: going and begging some store owner to bring on one case <laughs> of your product, you get to like talk to people who are truly interested and want to know more and want to buy your products. And that's just such a much better place than trying to go, you know, just hustle your way into one case at a
0: time at a store. Did you all get to get a feeling of where some of these folks were from that hadn't tried you all before or like came and were excited to try you all if they were in a state that you all have, you know, people doing, you know, ambassadors in and in stores and places they haven't been able to get you before or what? There were so many people from North Carolina
1: and Mississippi. I could not believe. And even after the show, we had a ton of messages about the private selection program from folks from North Carolina. And it's like, it stinks because we're not distributed there. And it's like, well, and it, the hard part is the state control state, which is really tough for a small brand like us. But it was on Saturday. I don't think Kenny was there, but there was like these 10 guys. They were on like, they were buddies. They were. It was like, I think all their like 50th birthdays or something from New Jersey. And like, they just hung out. They went all around and then they just hung out our tent all day because we were like, we love this the best. And, you know, it was just really cool to see like 10, 50 year olds from New Jersey coming there, having a good time, hanging out with us. Uh, But from all over, it's truly amazing. I mean, you have a few people from Kentucky, but it seems to be mostly all over the
0: place. Sounds like next year you need to set up a cafeteria. If people are going to be loitering around the booth, at least get them a a seat and a table and, uh, you know, a ham and cheese sandwich or something like that to eat. I would prefer that
1: so I don't have to go the food was very good the vip 10 but i felt bad leaving you know it's like i just like being there talking and hanging out and whatnot but you have to go i I remember on friday it was like it was like three o'clock i was like oh god i haven't even ate yet today (laughs) i need to go over there and eat just because you're so busy talking and
0: Porn and hanging out, so. Well, Kenny, you were able to uh, lead a panel at Bourbon and Beyond, so doing a little bit of a, of a shift here, not in Bargetown, but back in Louisville. So we're about, you know, 50 minutes away. There's another large festival. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I guess they probably purposefully plan them to, like, push against one of the two of them. But regardless, there's this big music and bourbon festival in Louisville called Bourbon and Beyond, and you were part of uh, a panel there. I'd be curious to, one hear a bit about how that is and two, really to understand how the bourbon presence fits in that show. I've not been to it yet. So I'm kind of curious to hear, you know, how is this different than a regular music festival? What percentage of people are like actually going to some of those things or like they're, you know, to, to get into the bourbon side of things, or is it just a music festival with like extra bourbon tents?
2: Well, yeah, I'll, I'll break it down for you there, Brian, but in a nutshell, it is a music festival, and then bourbon is this ancillary kind of fuel, I guess you could say, that kind of gets you going for the rest of the day. It is it is by far a music festival. Uh, as much as Fred wants to say, he headlines everything. He's not on the main poster. So, you know, you think of the Black Keys and Black Crows and all this other kind of stuff. But he, you know, like I said, just in general, the bourbon is, it's a, it's a bonus thing to it. It's just thinking of, like, if you go somewhere, you go to a festival, like what are the other things that keep your your mind occupied or do something that you can kind of not just be like music, 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 but you got to figure out something. And by Danny Wimmer coming to Louisville and making sure that he is putting it all together, like it just like, of course, bourbon just fit in naturally with it. And since there's, a, I would say a good amount of bourbon people that are in the whiskey media influencer, or what you want to call them industry here it made a lot of sense to be able to sit there and we can bring them on stage be able to talk about it because these people that work at the distilleries bourbon's hot people are trying to eat it up and trying to learn as much as they can so it's just a it's a good ancillary thing to have there it's the same thing as the culinary side people aren't going to bourbon and beyond just to see chef lee cook some chicken or something like that right i mean most people are there because they're there for the music but it's a nice little breakaway but for the most part uh, I know I want to say, first off, shout out to Chris Blandford. He's been on the show before from Kroger since they're the presenting sponsor. Chris is leading all of the, not leading the panels, but he's he's gathering all the people and making sure that he's putting it all together just to put a, a good program out there. And thankfully, just again, one of those things, it's all relationship just like with Steve Coombs. And thankfully, we've had that relationship with with him and of course, with our bottles that are in uh, a I don't know, almost 100 Kroger stores across Kentucky now, were able to have that relationship. And because of that, he allowed me to be a moderator on a panel. And I guess as being a host of a bourbon podcast, it makes sense because I can split a little knowledge, but then all to do is just sit back and ask questions. And that's the easy part. Um, I had Christian Huber up there, Jessica Ann, uh, Brandon O'Daniel from... Copper and Kings, as well as um, Owen from Angel's Envy. So being able to have those four people on stage. And the, uh, the funny thing is, our panel was called The Big Finish. And so it was yeah. all about finished whiskeys. And I mean, that was one of the things, at least I started, I was like, I don't know about it. But it was like, it's fine. This is what people think bourbon is. So let's keep going. And thankfully, Chris let us bring a bottle of Pursuit United to share with the fans that we're going to be in there uh, doing the tasting along with us. And that's super, super nice of him because we are not sponsors at Bourbon and Beyond. And so those people were paying, I don't I don't even know. I'm not even gonna ask how much it costs to be, have a booth or a, a table at Bourbon and Beyond, but I just know it's not in our marketing budget. And so the fact that he let us do that was super awesome of him. And then we had one of our, there's another Brian that also kind of works with us that does a lot of our design and art and everything like that too. And he was there and took some pictures and he saw there was a few people that after they tried Pursuit United, and this was the toasted bourbon, they made him come back out to show them the bottle so they could take a picture of it so they could go and find it later. And that was after they tasted everything from the table. So I felt really good about it. We had a, we had a few fans that that came out of just that because they had never heard of us. Then, I mean, we always thought about it you're less than one percent if you listen to a bourbon podcast. So, we had an opportunity to again reach new people, uh, met a few Patreon folks while I was at Bourbon Beyond, too. And it was just a, a good opportunity more networking with people and, and everything like that as well. So, hopefully, you
0: boys can join me next year there because. Now we know it's not going to be on the same exact weekend, no. and I need to put that on my calendar because I've only got one of the weekends in my calendar now, and I'll have to put the other one in my calendar. Oh, I thought they were doing the same
2: weekend. They're doing different now? I believe there are different weekends next year. So I think the Bourbon Fest is September 14th through the 17th? I'll have and to look. Beyond some different? I don't know. <laughs> I could have sworn I, I saw it was on a different weekend,
1: but we'll figure it out. I know a lot of folks do both events in the same weekend, you know, so I, I'm curious to see how that goes. Because, I mean, with both, you know, it's like probably two days at Bourbon Fest is an adequate time to be there and probably, you know, one to two days at Beyond because they're both four-day festivals. So I feel like they play off each other really well. I don't think they, I mean, maybe they compete a little but I think, I'll be curious because it, it, I think it's hard to ask folks who are into Bourbon to be like, oh, can you come, you know, back-to-back weekends <laughs> to, yeah. Yeah to do two events so uh, you know people have kind of made a big stink about them being both weekends whereas i kind of see it as a positive but we'll see if they are different weekends how that
2: plays out oh, it's a positive for me because we can knock it all out i'd rather be weekend. on the same weekend yeah you know? just kill me in a weekend and then i'll recover next week at some point not have to
0: be like all right here we go let's do it all over again yep so remind me again about the target open time for downtown i mean we'll will by the time festival plan rolls around next year are we gonna have downtown it'd be riding? nice to have a christening party wouldn't it it would be uh, we hope it's like labor day the goal
1: is september of 2024 so we'll see we think we're gonna start swinging some hammers in a couple weeks so not us but somebody hmm. i'll go swing some hammers i just wait for the city money, to give her approval. Some hammers too.
0: Probably not yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Give me some, uh, give me some thoughts again about what y'all would like to see, you know, with the brand, with the booths or, you know, your all's experience in the festivals. Let's just say this time next year, you know, what are you all hoping for the brand? I mean, Ryan, we didn't really talk about it all that much uh, about the barrel selections that you talked about the the two private selections and being available. And we'll talk about that probably in the next episode. We'll we'll dive in deeper to that. But you know, just talk about you know goals if you have any. I know you're it's still kind of really fresh off of the the weekend, but you know, how do you hope to be received? next year besides staffing more or being able to get a break away from the fests more, you know, did you guys learn anything about nailing down your story from last year to this year of how you told your story, like we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, or what do you, what do you think that has been a takeaway from this one that you'll apply towards next year? From
1: my perspective, I I had some clarity, you know, coming out of Bourbon Fest, but also still a lot of confusion because There, the, the, there's so many new bourbon drinkers and I guess Kenny and I, you as well, and who have been doing this for a long time, you know, we've kind of been exposed to like really just good solid bourbons. And I think a lot of new bourbon drinkers, and I'm not saying that they're not solid. I think a lot of new bourbon drinkers think, you know, finished bourbons, you know, with honey cask or toasted or Amberana or whatever, whatever finish that's maple and whatnot is like, that's what bourbon is. And sometimes you, you get into these and there's a lot of new drinkers that are, you know, 108 proofs, you know, hot for them. And so it's like, from a product offering standpoint, it's like, okay, you know, we do, we, we had the, you know, the oak collection and, um, and our flagships and, I don't know. I I still think there might be more of an opportunity for a kind of lower proof, lower price point offering, and maybe what does that look like? Because there, there, there is still a ton of new drinkers that just aren't, you know, ready for 108 proof or, you know, that big bold adventure flavors, which we're we're about. And so I I don't know. And I I don't. I just left kind of still it's hard from a producer to understand. It feels like you have to have like 10 skews, and I don't know <laughs> if that's all just the, way at the way. bottom and all the way at the top. I don't know if that's just the way it is now, you know, with people's taste and preferences is that you just have to have like something new always and something different and low proof, high proof finish this and that. And so it's, it's kind of confusing from a producer standpoint. What what does the consumer you know want, and what are they seeking out? That's what I've been pondering about. Is like, okay, what are, what are what are we missing in our product offering? Um, what segment of the market are we missing that we should be trying to capture? I guess because I would ask people, "What other boosts do you like? What other whiskies do you like?" And they would say this brand or that brand, you know. And then I'd look up at what they're offering, and it's like. Well, it's a maple finished at 98 proof, you know, or it's a honey toasted barrel at a hundred proof or, you know, or Ambron or whatever. And so it's just kind of like, is that just what it's going to be for now on? You know, I, I, I don't know that it's a fad anymore. It's it, it might just be
2: where the consumers at and what they prefer moving forward. I don't know. I think we can dissect that one at a later date but i i do feel that there's there's some validity to it but there's also a reason why woodford reserve is at 90.4 there's a reason why jim beam white label and basil hayden's at 80 like, it's just one of those things that people need a i hate to say gateway but maybe that's just what it is and that is your that is your unofficial kind of just entry into this world and people like us and people that listen to this i mean we don't really drink those gateways anymore but what we found out from a business perspective is that you still need that gateway like it i don't think you can i don't know if we could survive without doing something like that just because even though we're a small volume at our very niche focus well unless you're selling out that volume all the time then it's like well now you have to divert a little bit and you have to not put all your eggs in that one basket because we have to meet, as we talked about Mike earlier, we have to meet the customer where they are in their journey and not always 108 proof at four o'clock in the afternoon is what you need. (laughs) And so we want to make sure that we're, we're making that happen. So I, I have a, I have a good sense and feeling that we'll, we'll figure that out here soon.
1: Yeah, too. And you would have fans who have had our products and they'd be like, you know, because we, we had the latest new batches and they'd be like, you know, when you talk about them, they're like, oh, well, I've tried your bourbon and Ron." I'm like, but these are the newer batches. And they're like, oh, OK, well, I haven't tried those. So, you know, that that, that was one thing that I kind of took away, too, is like, it, it's just weird. The consumer, it's like, oh, I love your bourbon, but I've already had that. know. <laughs> yeah. I don't and, need I don't I, need 10 of them. I don't I don't want any more because I've already had it. And you're like, well, if you like it, well, I, I don't know. That's that's just it's a confusing and hard thing for a producer. Cause you want to put out some consistently that people can go back to, but is the consumer just so all over the place and they just constantly want something new that I don't know. That's the confusing part, I guess, but like Kenny said, we can dissect that yeah. at a different day, but that's a big takeaway I took from is that people just want options. They want new, they want different flavor profiles. Um, so it's, it's definitely a challenge these days as a producer that it's no longer just unless you're just a you know like have bakers at 13 year old years old um people just want something different and unique so one one thing i I did notice and i think i said this like on day one like because you know blake was there and he was picking a single barrel from green river and then you look out and you're like well there's like 10 brands in the craft area that are using the same exact stuff and then you you just start looking around you're like well there's eight producers here making 98 percent of the products and that they, and they're all just packaged and branded and finished a different way which is fascinating you know to me and people
0: still can't like see through that <laughs> yeah but you also in a way don't want them to see through that right i mean like not to not to like cover the, you know put a veil over their eyes but i mean You, you are also a brand that takes advantage of like the, 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 the benefits of that. No, sure. And I I guess my
1: point is, is like, there's 10 people making the same exact match bill doing 90% of the brands there. And, um, that, that, that's the fascinating thing to me was that there's the differentiator was branding and packaging and storytelling that that's the, the,
2: the most fascinating thing to me. And I also think that's probably where our our disillusion comes in of of like why we think so differently and be like, Oh well, we'll blend, we'll be different. It's gonna be like anything else, and people don't give a shit. They just don't care. And they don't they don't have any idea. That's just the problem is that we know too much.
0: Guys, thanks for diving in again about this particular year and the festivals that we got a chance to go through. That's not the last of the stops that we're going to be doing this year, but they're probably the biggest. So uh, cool just to see the growth from last year to this year. And I look forward to seeing the growth this year going into next year as well. I also want to chime in there because you talk about the stops.
2: Uh, Kentucky bourbon festival was our first stop on last year's pursuit road trip tour. So can't believe it's already been a year since the last time we talked about it, but feels like it's a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, It feels way <laughs> longer than that. Yeah, but we
1: got some more events coming. We got St. Louis Bourbon Festival. We got Bourbon on the Banks. I'll be at St. Louis Bourbon Festival. Kenny will be at Bourbon on the Banks. Um, then we've got some private events, got some, a lot of tastings going on, going into, you know, if you're in the bourbon world, OND, I guess it's SOND now, but uh, those are the three to four biggest months in our industry. So we're ex- excited about that and hopefully leverage, you know, the holidays and cooler weather. Get people off of tequila
0: and high noons and back to... Back to the brown water. Guys, I'd love to hear feedback from you all. Let us know what you all thought if you were at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival or Bourbon Beyond. Let us know if you came here to this podcast because you met the guys or interacted with the brand at one of these two shows. We'd love to hear why you're here and what you all thought was interesting about the brand to stick around. Also, if you guys have topics for upcoming episodes, don't forget to hit us up podcast at pursuitspirits.com let us know if you have any questions for the guys. I'd love to run it past them. Maybe we'll bring those out in future topics here on the podcast. Thanks as always everybody for tuning in. Guys, thanks for joining me for another episode and until next time, we'll see you all later. Toodles. Cheers.